0: Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm Renee Frazier, delighted to be here. I am the CEO of Frazier Communications. I'm also a social psychologist. Frazier is an advertising and marketing firm, uh, the only one in the nation run by a psychologist. Most people, when I tell them that, say, well, it makes sense because you understand consumer mindsets and attitudes and how to convince people, and that's true. At Fraser, we're focused on very effective ways to have impact in the world. We're driven by the motto, doing well by doing good. So many of our clients are providing health products, health services to people. We also work with uh, Sustainability, Clean Power Alliance, helping people in low-income neighborhoods gain access to solar and wind power, the Department of Water and Power. And we also work with uh, Toyota and Lexus, particularly on hybrids. Today you're going to hear about how we do that work through the use of influencers. At Frazier, we really stay on top of the trends. What's the most relevant way to reach people? And no doubt, you, the listeners, have heard about influencers. Today, I have two wonderful experts on the show from Fraser. I'm going to bring them on in a moment, and we're going to talk about the power of influencers, what they are, how you utilize them. And we could talk specifically about three or four examples where Fraser has brought influencers to bear. Right now, we run five campaigns that include influencers. It's a regular part of our mix. You've heard me talk about a fully integrated program. So we will include digital, social, search. It might be an influencer program. There might be PR or events or radio or outdoor. That's what we mean by an integrated effort. The maximi- it maximizes the funnel and the experience. So I want to talk a little bit about influencers. And before I introduce Shayla uh, and Monique, I want to mention some statistics just so we're all aware. Um, Among the 103 million Instagram users, there's an estimate that about 10 million of them are influencers. Obviously, varying degrees, but a lot Another company that tracks influencers on a platform tracks 782,236 in the United States, and they have followings of 1,000 to 10 million. We'll talk about what difference it makes in terms of followers, and is that the right measure? So let me introduce, bring on this show. Shayla Ornelas, who is our account director over some serious and important accounts here at Fraser Communications and the director of Influencer Relations. And Monique Cisneros, who is a social media strategist at Fraser, managing strategy and content. Many people think it's just a matter of asking influencers to create content and let them go at it. But in reality, there's a lot behind the scenes and the strategy really has to be discussed. Oh, it's important that we know what the goals are when we talk with our clients and frame a program around that. Well, welcome to the show shay and monique i'm delighted to have you here let's start by talking about the types of influencers i mentioned that number 782,000 that have followers from a thousand to 10 million which of you wants to start to talk about what how do we segment the influencer market
1: i can take that one thank you for inviting us to join your podcast renee we're very happy to be here with monique and renee to talk about influencers I think first we should define what an influencer is. And an influencer is someone who has the power to affect the decisions of others because of his or her authority, their knowledge, their position, or relationship with his or her audience. I think now with the rise of social media platforms, influencers no longer just include celebrities or political leaders, but they are also content creators, the YouTubers, TikTokers. Um, And Monique, you can dive into later about, what an what those different tiers are. Um, But some examples of influencer partnerships are sponsored social media posts, or product reviews and recommendations, influencer takeovers, this is when an influencer will take over your social media platforms, um, and post throughout the day, they can be a brand ambassador, these are typically longer relationships with the brand, where they are designating them as brand ambassadors to really promote the brand consistently over an extended period of Time, um, They can also create influencer-generated content on social media um, or attend in-person events, um, affiliate marketing opportunities, or collaborate in that content strategy for a specific campaign.
0: The influencers bring their own personality to the mix, and they have their own ideas. But tell us, Monique, what are the different levels of influencers?
2: Yeah, so there are four different types of influencers and uh, we have nano influencers that typically have a thousand to ten thousand followers, micro influencers that have ten thousand to a hundred thousand followers, macro influencers who have typically a hundred thousand to five hundred thousand followers, and then mega or celebrity influencers. This is typically about five hundred thousand to a million and over a million um, in that category. And so starting with nano-influencers, these people typically have smaller audiences, but they're usually more engaged on their platforms. They're really involved with their community. Um, and this is perfect for a brand that has maybe a smaller budget or a brand that maybe wants to include several um, influencers into their pool. Um, and then another good thing about n- nano-influencers is that they tend to... T- cost lower um than your typical
0: influencer um let me let me give a couple of examples so our audience can visualize this i have a friend who who runs a few restaurants and also has a, a kitchen table dining experience very elegant where you can dine in her facility so she has invited food influencers to come and to participate for free. And then they speak about the event and create content. So that's one example. A boutique could do the same thing where they have particularly a person in their community uh, who uh, who is well-known in the community and blogs a great deal or creates content. right? And then they do this collaboration that we were just talking about, right? Absolutely.
2: Yes, you are completely right. A nano-influencer can be someone in the community. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it could be your friend, it could be your neighbor, um, someone that um, you know has some sort of social influence on that smaller scale. Um, and then uh, micro influencers. This is in the ten thousand, a hundred thousand range. Um, they still maintain a highly engaged audience. Um, they're also very cost effective, typically. Um, but these people usually have they they already have established niches. So you'll see that you know maybe someone is dedicated to talking about cooking. For art, fashion, um, these people typically have these niches and they already have um, a a specialized um, audience that is interested in that niche.
0: Let's talk about an example there. In the case of the Department of Public Health, we were talking about vaccines for children. We had proposed to the client that we get some pediatrician influencers who had a following and really were well-known among the families that served them. And it would have been a great way to get the word out about vaccinations, right? They, I think, would probably be considered micro-influencers. Yes, yes, you are right.
2: Um, and then going into macro influencers, um, these are usually, you know, in the 100,000 to 500,000 range. These are people that have um, already a loyal following. They're typically micro celebrities, social media stars. We see a lot of bloggers, vloggers, podcasters in this um, category. And they have, um, as I mentioned, a a larger audience and loyal followers, but they're also typically a little bit more on the expensive side to work with. Um, So this is great for a larger brand who has a bigger budget um,
0: when we um, start working with macro influencers. So let me give an example of Fraser's done that. Uh, One of our clients is a Jonathan Lewis Furniture. And they have uh, furniture that you'll find in living spaces, May Company, stores across the country. They developed a direct-to-consumer brand that we actually designed for them. And as part of that, we went to HGTV. And one of the influencers, one of the designers, interior designers, created a whole program of content around our products for them and created the brand. And it was a commercial that we actually could utilize. We purchased part of the content so that we could actually place it in local stores. So local uh, stores that had the furniture would cut a piece of it together as a television commercial. So these um, micro influencers create very valuable content, right? Micro and macro influencers for sure. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and then, you know, macro is really more of the celebrity and the rising stars, right? Yes. So what about mega influencers? How do you define those? Mega influencers, these are typically
2: celebrities. These are your athletes, your movie stars, even rising stars or key personalities. These are people that have over um, 500,000 followers to a million, even more than that, Um over a million followers, um, so yeah, these people have really strong social status, um, and they have large audiences, of course. But they also typically have lower engagements with their community, um, obviously because of the scale of the of their audience is you know huge, um, but um, they are obviously you know they're really considerable um and they're typically expensive um so working with celebrity you might get really great brand awareness but um, not sure if you're really going to get that engagement um, as you would with a micro-influencer or a macro-influencer. So that goes
0: to the point of what do we pay these people and then how do you measure the effectiveness of it? I think a lot of the listeners are thinking, well, what, what, what's the bang you get for your buck, so to speak? What's the return on investment? In our next segment, I'm going to ask Shay to talk a little bit about the examples of some that we've used and how we measure that impact. And I'll just mention very quickly, we also have worked with Lexus. And in one city, they've identified a very big uh, celebrity, but they gave her a car. And all she does is feature her experiences with the car. They've sold over 30 cars as a result of her experience in the marketplace. So sometimes if you're in the right community, you can also get a great relationship going with a celebrity by giving them product and that they genuinely and authentically enjoy. But let's talk more about examples. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier show. We're talking about... why women and in this case why women lead succeed and how do we use influencers effectively to strengthen your brand and create more engagement with your audiences stay tuned you'll be listening to news and traffic and we'll be right back with influencers how you can make the most of them welcome back to the Dr Renee Fraser show why women I'm Renee Fraser. Happy to have you here, here here with us as we're talking about influencer programs. I'm sure many of you have read about them. You've probably been influenced yourself on Instagram or TikTok by someone who is an influencer. So we're now understanding behind the scenes what happens. Before we talk, though, about a creating a whole program, I'd like us to talk about an example. So it comes alive in your minds. We, as I said, at Fraser have done a number of influencer programs who's on the show is going to tell us about one we did to try to prevent smoking or get people to quit smoking and i'll just say as we this is a tough challenge i don't know many of you are probably smokers that have been or know people who are and i'll just say one of the facts that we learned is it takes people up sometimes an average of 11 times to quit before they stop smoking and we can tell people about the damage that smoking does but it's different when it comes from a friend or a peer. Shayla, can you tell us about the strategy for anti-smoking and what we've done?
1: Absolutely, this is one of my favorite campaigns. I I have to say um, it's for the LA County Department of Public Health for their Tobacco Control and Prevention Program. This is an anti-smoking cessation campaign called Never Stop Quitting. And during the early planning stations, uh, during the research phase, we kept hearing recurring messages from smokers about how they don't want to feel shamed or they're tired of seeing those hard-hitting messages. And so we conducted a lot of social media listening online. We spoke to people in the community. And we decided that the direction we wanted to take with this campaign was a very positive message that encouraged smokers to Stop smoking, but also celebrate their small milestones. We know that when you quit smoking, it can take up to 11 times, maybe more. Um, and so those multiple attempts, we know that they are difficult, and we really wanted to find a way to build a campaign that would celebrate them for their efforts and encourage them to never stop trying to quit smoking. And so we partnered with all of the LA professional sports teams to really engage the athletes, engage the coaches, and serve as an ally. We know that athletes have this very disciplined mentality. Um, they have not only uh, a very strict diet, a, a strict practice uh, regimen every day, but they have that same athlete's mentality of never giving up. And so they are the perfect spokesperson and brand ambassadors for this campaign to really encourage smokers to say, hey, I know how hard it is. I know when you set a goal, how hard you have to work every single day to achieve that. But once you achieve your goal, it's really worth it. And so we we brought in the LA Clippers. At one point we had... Um, the LA Lakers for like website digital ads, um, LA Dodgers, LAFC, Angel City, the Los Angeles Sparks. I don't know if I'm missing any teams, but we've engaged several athletes, several coaches, because as we know, coaches serve as that mentor to athletes in the same way that LA Quits for LA County serves as a mentorship program for people who are trying to quit smoking. And so that message was very positive. We had in-arena PSAs that play during every game night. Uh, we also had digital ads on, on the sports team's websites. Um, uh, there were so many ways so we got the yeah. word out.
0: And it, it was really about never stop quitting. Yeah. You know, it, and, and I what I liked about that, I, that line is never stop quitting. Never start smoking would be one, right? But never stop quitting. Give yourself some credit. and also meant celebrate the quitters. And the images were bright colors, people raising their arms. And, and the intent at the events was really to have a, let's say, a woman, is you know, a sister is sitting with her brother and he just quit. Patting him on the back and saying, nope, you're one of those. And you see those players down there. They even wore shirts that had our message on it, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, during the pregame shoot-around T-shirts, they were our campaigns T-shirts that have encouraging messages that also have the quit helpline on the back of the shirt. And we've heard from different people that this is a shirt that they actually like to wear <laughs> in, the, in off games. And um, so it's a good way to get the, the community to speak and to really bring bring them together for right. a joint effort. We know sports d- does that but as a whole, but to really... Celebrate people who are trying to quit smoking.
0: Well, Frazier is really it had a specialty in this area, largely due to you, Shay, the relationships you've built with the teams. When COVID hit, we had to ask for favors, right? We had a, we took, stepped in to manage the communications, the social media for the Department of Public Health. I'm proud to say, I know that you worked on this a, a lot, Monique, and we have a larger following than any other Department of Health in the country. And that's really because of the quality Quality of the content, the engagement with the influencers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the folks we brought in for Department of Public Health and what they did? Shay?
1: Yeah, so this was a, a sensitive issue because it was at a time when the world had shut down. And so we really wanted to connect with the community, to encourage them to get vaccinated, but more importantly, to let them know... Look, we care about you. We, we're there for you. And again, we we brought in all of the L.A. sports teams. We reached out to all of the teams and asked who from your team would like to participate in this PSA. And the PSA involved many star players coming together to saying, we are your fans. Usually it's the other right, way it around. Was the
0: workers, right? yeah. One of the essential workers should be appreciated and to know that we knew how hard it yeah. was for them. So that's what they said. They said, we're the fans of you folks who are doing the work for us. The
1: essential workers, the farmers, the people who were still driving the buses, who were still – who kept the world going when so much of it had right. stopped. And so it was a nice way just to say thank you, hang in there, and we will get through this.
0: Right, right. I thought it was a great use of um, uh, the, the emotions that were out there. People wanted to help others, and uh, they did this all for free. We assembled it into a video, which was wonderful. Now, in the case of the Department of Public Health, they have an interesting situation because they have a lot of experts inside the organization. So we often have to utilize their information, their experts in the social media. Can you talk a little bit about that, Monique? Yeah. um, So
2: um, in the Department of Public Health, um, there are several um, doctors that um, also are on their team, um, communication experts, um, physicians. Um, and um, they are the ones who are guiding our messaging. Um, and so when we want to um, explain something very nuanced or complicated to the public, we usually turn to these experts um, who can help us with our messaging, who can guide the messaging or even provide um, content for us. We've worked with um, you know several doctors during um, the, these past three years during the pandemic um, who were able to. Um, create content with us um, to deliver those messages um, and
0: uh, yeah they did a great job of really engaging people yeah it's one thing to put the message out but it's better when it comes from somebody they can relate to especially if the person's willing to kind of share their personal story let me let me give another example of what we did that with a micro or maybe even a nano influencer and it was relatively inexpensive, but extremely effective. Throughout the state of California, we are charged with encouraging people to take on the earned income tax credit. It's called EITC. You get one from the federal government, but you can also get one from California. It can be $300, 400 $1,000 back on your taxes. And all you have to do is check a box and qualify. 30000 in uh, household income and under. And you can get the full credit. And in many cases, it's just a check that comes to you, a cash back. But one would say, well, how do you find an influencer related to that? Well, we did our research and our homework. As you can imagine, folks with 30,000 household income are really saving money every place they can, especially in today's time with inflation. So we found an influencer who promotes coupons and ways to save money. Websites you could go to, ways to get discounts. And she talked about the income tax credit. So she was in the community. She was one of the folks. And she could explain the way to do it, did it in a credible fashion. Sadly, unfortunately, there are some people who are skeptical about government. But in her case, she was a legitimate source for people. She herself is an influencer in this domain, and she was a great spokesperson for the issue. We've got so much engagement and follow-up and people saying, I'm going to check it out. So we know that influencers who are tech are part of that community, that's the, really the important thing. Even that Lexis example I mentioned, the fact that she lives in the neighborhood, even though she is a – a macro uh, influencer you see her driving her vehicle and she gets her nails done every Friday and she sh- she shows them off with her hand on the driving w- the steering wheel with the Lexus logo on it and they're gorgeous you can imagine the art but it's a great way to remind people of Lexus without saying it's in your face instead it's right next to her nails so my point is she's part of the community this woman for the EITC was also part of the community Who can add to that in terms of we have about two more minutes to go on this segment. and I want to make sure that we before we tell them how to do it, we give them any more examples of what we've done. That's kind of out of the box thinking how to use an influencer.
1: Should we talk about uh, our Toyota campaign? I love that. Let's start it. We'll
0: start it and then we can move right into it. This was a national effort for Toyota. We had to compete and we won it. Shay led the charge. Go ahead, Shay.
1: Yeah, the Toyota campaign was a collaboration with Toyota and Sirius XM to promote the RAV4, the Camry Hybrid, and the Sirius XM three-month uh, platinum trial. This was actually a campaign that I got to work with Monique. It was yep. a lot of fun. We brainstormed together um, because we had an assignment where – I mean, the sky was the limit. We didn't we weren't assigned to secure an influencer, but we decided, as Frazier decided to go that route because we thought it was a, an effective way to reach the audiences very quickly and to get them to uh, change their purchasing decisions.
0: Right. So we secured uh, Cup- I mean, before you tell them who we secured. Our goal was to get 30,000 impression, 30 million 30 impressions. Million. Right. And that's not easy. It was um, across the nation. We had a relatively modest media budget, but we had to find a person who would get stickiness, as we call it, right, engagement that people would want to watch. So those impressions would really sing true. And we had to sell two hybrids, the Camry hybrid and the RAV4 hybrid. So you'll have to stay tuned to learn which – influencer we chose and how we went about choosing her so you can see the smarts behind the scene and what it took from a negotiation point of view and then we'll talk about the process stay tuned you're listening to the dr renee frazier show why women and we're talking about how to maximize your use of influencers what it takes and and how to make it work effectively for your brand. You'll be listening to news and traffic, but stay tuned and you'll hear more from the Dr. Renee Fraser show, Why Women. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Fraser show, Why Women. Today we have two women on our show who are from Fraser Communications. And they're sharing with us their expertise on influencers. I'm sure a lot of you have wondered about how do you use an influencer? How do you make sure it's effective? Those of you with businesses may be thinking, does this mean something for me? Well, let us talk about how we did it for Toyota. It's a large-scale effort, but it also applies locally. And Shay was the mastermind behind the whole program, as I mentioned a moment ago, we were charged, this was a competitive effort. We did a national effort with a relatively modest budget for a national program. Our goal was to hit 30,000, 30 million, I keep saying 30,000, 30 million impressions. And I was on a national basis supporting and getting people interested in the RAV4 hybrid and the Camry hybrid. So Shay, you were about to tell us how did we come up with the plan? <laughs> Who did we use? So uh, you you made a good point earlier where you said we
1: had a very limited budget. So with Fraser, when we we're curating a list of influencers one of the things we look for is budget. And we have to determine, do we want a mega influencer who maybe will cost more, but is willing to do less, or somebody who is a macro influencer with less followers, but maybe a stronger engagement level, um, and who we can probably get a longer list of deliverables. And that's the route we went. We selected a macro influencer who's probably on her way to being a mega influencer with all of her achievements, And for those of you who who might know her, her name is Katia Chazarreta. She's the first Mexican born um, woman to enter into space and the youngest woman in America to enter into space as well. But she's a hybrid, which was perfect for our campaign because we were promoting hybrids. But she's
0: also an electrical engineer. That, so she's That was got my next parts. point, yeah. Got it, got she's, it. A, okay. she's an electrical engineer
1: and she's a citizen astronaut. And she's bilingual and bicultural. She grew up in the United States, but she was born in Mexico and spends a lot of her time there. So we thought this was a person who, unlike sometimes mega-influencers when brands partner with them, they don't really resonate with the community. And so we thought Katya was a perfect spokesperson to who can relate to the community still and know, you know, what what the the consumers are wanting, but really help to reach the masses. And so, Monique, you also helped, you know, on this yeah. campaign, and and we spent endless hours curating a different list of influencers until we finally uh, landed on Katia, and we think sh- you know she yeah. was the perfect influencer. But do you want to add on to that?
2: Sure. Yeah. We I think we just we landed with Katia um, because she just really had that. Um, the personality and the values that we were looking for she's a role model she's a role model she's an educator um she's a hybrid, and I just we think that speaks um which is the perfect example of the type of person that we're looking for who is authentic to those values um but also really um connects to the brand um in the way with with you know she with being um technologically. Um, verse, um, in, in technology and, um, in science and STEM, um, and all of that. So we thought she was a really well rounded, um, person who could fit, um, well with this campaign. Let, let
0: me add one other element just from the strategy perspective. And Dave on our team came up with the line, we are all hybrids. And the line was really, we are all hybrids. When you're a hybrid, you go farther. Now, literally, that's true. If you buy a hybrid vehicle, some of the time your car is driving on electric and you don't need gas. So the amount of gas that you use to go a distance is less. So you go farther. But the truth was it's a universal truth. If you capture and are willing to see the multiple parts of who you are, you will go farther in your life. And she spoke to that. So she did it literally by going into space. You can see, by the way, the commercial we shot on our website. You can see also we did a video with her telling her personal story, which was exceedingly emotional. Really worth looking at. Again, available on our website at com. And so your point about her authentically speaking was really true. But I think the message also resonated with people. And, Shay, you created all kinds of content around it. I mentioned the videos. There was... A landing page. You want to take people through all the ways we utilized her? Sure. The the landing page,
1: we had different sections. The hero module displayed uh, all of the products and Katia and with the ability to click on each product and Katia to learn more. You mentioned Katia. We, we developed a video about her story. In that video, she talks about all of the barriers she had to overcome to get to where she is now. And parts of that, you know, part of her story is being a hybrid, really tapping into her different talents to help her reach further in life. Um, other sections focused on the RAV4 hybrid specifically, all of the different features of a hybrid vehicle. Same for that Camry hybrid. Same for Sirius XM platform because it's a, a an app that is available on your mobile phone but also in the car. And so we did a really great job about including all of the important information that the client wanted us to include, including like legal disclaimers and, and language that nice. was necessary, but making it look very sophisticated and, um, very beautiful, I And would natural. Say. Yeah. You know, it
0: seemed yeah. it, it all flowed. And, and any of you in the communications business who are listening, you can see we had like five things we had to get across. Kacha, the two vehicles, the Sirius XM, and the nature of what a hybrid is. So how do you c- convey all of that information in 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 15 seconds, and make sure the lawyers <laughs> like the language that you're using? Well, we were able to do that. Let's talk about how the program Ran. I mentioned the filter as well. Mm-hmm.
1: This was the first time Toyota and Sirius XM were uh, willing to participate in an interactive filter that was available on Instagram and on TikTok. And it was a custom personalized uh, filter specifically for Toyota and Sirius XM where uh, people had the opportunity to find out what kind of hybrid they were specifically the RAV4 hybrid or a Camry hybrid based on their lifestyle based on their preferences and so this filter asked them different questions like are you more of an adventurous person or uh, do you prefer like a luxury dinner at night and so based on their answers at the end they would get the, the results of which car best suited their lifestyle and so this was an innovative way I would say for the community to to, to engage the community and to get them to really learn about the lesser known facts of each vehicle. So it was a fun way to get them engaged um, using a platform that they hadn't used before. I think
0: it was great. We, we were on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then yes. we also did uh, uh, digital ads that had the videos in them, right? Correct. So it was a fully integrated program. It ran for a month. Uh, it was a national effort. And remember that, 30 million impressions, I said was the goal. How did, what did we accomplish? Did we meet the goal?
1: We exceeded the goal. We reached more than 170 million impressions by the end of the campaign.
0: And that means those are ears and eyes of people. It might be duplications because, uh, you know, when you're, for instance, if you're on a website or you're on TikTok, you might see the same one more than once, but you watch it. Mm -hmm. So that was a key measure. But I think one of the critical things is do people even watch the videos? And go to the landing page. Now, in this case, we definitely know they watch the videos because we can measure whether or not you click out of a video or if you watch it fully. What were the
1: results? The results were more than 7 million video completion views. Um, and this was for the one minute long video, which typically what we know from research is people drop off after the first five seconds. They want to click skip or after the first 15 seconds. But in this case, they were completing a full 60 second video. And part of that is because of who we secured. Katia is a great storyteller. She was able to showcase all of the products in a very fun and interactive
0: She was. She was so engaging as a person. I really think that was a key to this. We talk about authentic, but her personal passion and her exuberance showed through, which was great. And and I think the fact that she was an interesting person to begin with, right, going into space and being an electrical engineer – in the past, they've used music acts to get people's attention because of the Sirius XM connection. And I think that could be engaging, but it was mostly singing. It wasn't talking about what a hybrid is. So I, from my perspective, it really was a home run. And I know Toyota was pleased with it, which is wonderful. When we, when we do programs like this, we also have to negotiate. And she was paid a reasonable amount of money. It was not an inexpensive program. But tell us a few of the things that she got, and then we're going to move on to the next section in just a moment.
1: Yes. So as part of her commitment, we uh, required her to attend a full day of shooting uh, the commercial and the the different videos and the static images that we could that turned into ads. Um, She also had to use the interactive filters and post them on her across her different social media channels because she's bilingual. We took advantage of that. So she recorded some audio PSAs in English and in Spanish, Um, also some ads that were in Spanish, um, which is perfect when you have a, a talent that is it bilingual. Great.
0: It was great. Um,
1: but when you have somebody like Katia, who is so young and she's, you know, tech savvy, it was so easy to shoot a production of this magnitude yeah. with yeah. her because we were able to get so much done in so little time. And she
0: was, you know, a one take kind of person, which yeah. was great. I want to remind people, it's available on our website, frasercommunications.com. But I think people are wondering, well, how do I even go about this? How do I identify an influencer? Do I start with NaNo Macro, etc. So, in our next segment, let's talk about what that process is like, what kind of prices you can expect to pay. So, people who are thinking, "Okay, this should be a part of my marketing mix," will say, "I got to go to Fraser Communications. They understand how to do this." Or you've learned enough from our podcast and you're ready to go. So, stay tuned. You're listening to the Doctor Renee Fraser Show. Why women? This is the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women? And today we're talking about how you use influencers effectively. We've shared a lot of examples. We have on our show Shayla Ornalis, who is our account director and also director of Influencer Relations, Monique Cisneros, who is our social media strategist. We've been sharing with you examples of projects we've done at Frasier. As I mentioned, we have at least five campaigns now that include influencers, and we have a true expertise in identifying the right people for the right connections. But I know many of you are thinking, well, what's the process like? And, and, And what should I be thinking about first? So let's talk about the steps we go through and as is many is is often the case with us in our marketing efforts the goal setting is really important shay or monique which of you want to you which of you wish to in. start yeah Um, In a
2: nutshell, um, the influencer marketing campaign um, might look like the first step being establishing a goal. Um, Do you want to create more brand awareness? Do you want to generate sales? Do you want to have more content that's generated from an influencer? This step is the most crucial step. um, And it's um, also involves, um, you know, considering about uh, choosing the right influencer um, and that really just depends on your goal. Number two, would we, we, we do um, audience research. So um, once you establish your goal, you're gonna wanna think about your audience, who you're targeting, what message you wanna get out, and to who that would be best. Number three um, is selecting the influencer. Here, um, we can do it in various ways. We can find influencers through hashtags, keyword searches on um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, we, you might want to look at your tagged post. Um, you might want to look at your own following list. Who is um, a person that's already a fan of your brand? Um, that's a really good way to start. Um, and then can also, also can
1: I yeah. interject really quickly, because w- one thing that is important about the influencer selection is really considering who your partner is, so who that brand is. A lot of our clients are the L.A. County Department of Public Health, and we have to consider the influencers content quality like they can't be affiliated with an alcohol brand or with the tobacco or weed brand. So those are some of the things that Monique,
0: I think, was trying to say in in, in yeah,
1: doing that, curating that list of influencers.
0: Yeah we do yeah. a lot of checking and we look at the level of engagement right mm-hmm. how who's engaged and what kind of engagement they have
2: yeah definitely there's um a lot to consider when selecting the right influencer um that's you know right for your brand and it could definitely look in in various ways um once you select the influencer that is good for your campaign um you might want to um, start your outreach and negotiation. Um, this is when you reach out to the, to the influencer or to the talent man, manager, and you talk about, um, some of the expectations, the timeline, um, what the campaign is, and then you kind of gauge what their level of commitment might be. Um, and then of course, this is where you talk about the compensation. Um, at Fraser Communications, when we've negotiated with influencers, we tend to go back and forth on this step a couple times until we really nail exactly what, Um, each party wants out of this um, collaboration? I think
0: we have to talk about some actual numbers. So when we talk about some of the smaller nano-influencers and micro-influencers, I know from the work that we've done, we're talking sometimes as little as 1,500 dollars, sometimes eight to 10,000 dollars, especially depending upon how much work they have to do. I mentioned the HGTV creating a video and uh, shooting it themselves. That was a, a more elaborate, that eight to 10,000 dollars, but they also got furniture. Right, They got the benefit of that and obviously some some help in terms of design, but the person was an interior designer. Can you, you know, elaborate more in terms of the pricing so people know? We don't have to necessarily give away names of our people, but uh, even the deals that we do with the teams are mm-hmm. in the range of –
1: Well, what what you have to mention about Frasier, though, is that we have existing relationships directly with these influencers, a lot of times with athletes or celebrities. So we are able to secure influencers for a much cheaper rate than what a traditional campaign of of that magnitude would cost. You're right. And so, for, for example, we worked with athletes, star athletes, to record a video PSA who have said, I I'm, I want to do it for free because I'm very passionate about this topic, or I'll give me a donation as little as $5,000 just to say you've paid me. But in reality, that same video, the value of that video would have been upwards of $30,000.
0: Right. So those relationships mean uh, – I just want to expand on that because Melissa's done this also on the Jonathan Lewis and the Mommy mm-hmm. Blogger side with First Five where you – you stay in contact with them. You compliment them on their posts. Uh, you go back and forth with them as, a, as an active fan, not just as a person hiring them. And you demonstrate your sincere appreciation of them. And then, like you just said, Shay, this cause is important. And, you know, sadly, people have relatives who've died of smoking. So they might say, you know what? I really want to get behind this because I know I want to make a difference. And people, my dad died of smoking. you know, And so I really believe in what we're doing. If we can help a few more people. People, thousands more people, all the better. And I think that's what you do when you appeal to some of these uh, uh, sports talent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not only with athletes. We've we had that with I think we can mention their name, the the Marrow twins. Yes. Their grandfather passed away due to smoking. And so when we first approached them with this campaign in previous years, they said this is something that is very passionate about for us that we know that teenagers are vaping, so right. let us do this for free. And they came to us with ideas. Usually you are the one, like Monique said, negotiating saying, here's our idea for the campaign, here's the list of deliverables, but they, being content creators, came to us and, and pitched us the idea of what they wanted to produce for their video, which was That's fantastic. Yeah. That's
0: another phase step we have to talk about, which is you create a list of deliverables and you agree on what they're going to do. Two videos, one for TikTok, one for this, um, uh, three posts you were talking about it when we we uh, we talked about kacha right mm-hmm. and Toyota and then of course there's a contract and a campaign brief is that the way we articulate it to them
1: correct yeah,
0: yeah. right so they know what our objectives are and and uh, Monique mentioned in the beginning the goal this is really important for The whole digital effort, you know, the influencer is a part of usually an ongoing digital social media. What's our KPI? What's our key performance indicator? What do we want to accomplish? And being very clear on that. Uh, And then, of course, we launch the campaign and we measure the effectiveness. One of the things, though, I wanted to talk about is how content is different on TikTok than it is on Instagram and also how media is changing, how social media is changing. But we've been talking a lot about TikTok at the office and the role it plays. And it seems that it's even less likely to be a brand endorsement, right? What what are they doing on TikTok these days, Monique? On TikTok, we are um, finding very
2: relatable people who might be considered an influencer that could maybe look like someone who is cleaning their house and um, they're endorsing a product um, and they're putting that into their daily routine on a video. Um, we're seeing people just diving into stories, um, on TikTok. And, um, of course, this is all video content. Um, t- TikTok is usually, um, it could it could be a, a small video of fifteen seconds, thirty seconds, but the most that um, you will see on TikTok
0: is about three minutes of video content. Um, and so and that's long. That's not usually recommended, right? I yeah. Th- unless you have something that really merits. I mean, the other thing is, I think people expect you to do it short and do it real, right? As opposed to. I want to get through all these copy points. Yep. And I'm going to cover everything because then they will tune out. Yeah, TikTok yeah. is like a
2: slot machine, so yeah. you you get fed a video. Um and um you can quickly decide if you're gonna you know, watch it or, or skip it. Um and so it's really important to engage your audience in that video on TikTok um because it, it works like a
0: slot machine. You never know what you're gonna get and um you're gonna be fed a lot of content. One of the campaigns that I didn't talk about that I think will interest our listeners is the state of Missouri and the rural areas has a real problem with methamphetamine usage. And we have conducted interviews and done short videos of people who used to use one man wearing his tattoos. And he talks about how only 2% of people can get off of it. And he's got 2% tattooed on his arm. So powerful. We did a six-second version. That's going to be for TikTok, right? And we did a 10 and a 15. It's People will say, how do you get 16, six seconds? We did it. Because what you're saying is short. You have to get people's attention. They have to want to see it, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What else is happening on the on the in terms of the execution we only have a couple more minutes so I want our listeners to understand what they can do and of course why Frazier is the right partner for them
1: I think one thing that we haven't mentioned that is key is authenticity you're mentioning TikTok and these platforms that are primarily used by Gen Zers and the younger generations and so they grew up in this digital era where they can depict if a partnership is not organic or if it's not authentic or if, if it's paid. And so, when you are thinking of your partnerships, really do your research to to get somebody um, who is authentic to the brand and to the cause. Um, Monique, you were yeah. you were talking about that too, but um, also look for people who are diverse and in. in
0: Inclusive, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's showing a broad spectrum of people. You know, we've been talking as if you have one influencer. It's actually a good idea to have more than one. Mm-hmm. And coming at people from different angles with different perspectives is really valuable. It also builds the credibility. I heard it from her. I heard it from him. You know, this older person mentioned it, that young person mentioned it. And I know we've been talking a lot about TikTok, but Instagram and Facebook are still very popular. Mm-hmm. Facebook is still very popular with older people people and Graham is very successful and of course all of them have added more reels right Mm -hmm. reels are now a big part of the communication can Mm -hmm. you mention what a reel is and how we do it yeah a reel is
2: a short form video it's typically about 15 30 seconds that's the time that you know we'd recommend but it could go up to a minute I think on Instagram um, and, um, TikTok started with this and then, um, Instagram, um, saw that it was really doing well and a lot of people were getting on TikTok. This is like in 2020, um, and they integrated this, uh, uh, their version of the TikTok video, which is called Reels, um, started on Instagram. Now it's on Facebook. Um, it works a little bit differently than TikTok. You might get some of those same features to edit, um, your video, um, um, but, but yeah, that's what, that's what a reel is. This is it's another great form way, of video.
0: Great way to get video content in front of people. We're going to have to wrap up here. And one of the things I think people have realized is it's a constantly changing landscape. Uh, No longer are the picture-perfect curated pictures and videos popular. People know that a lot of that is fake, right? And the video content is getting shorter and has to be tested for authenticity in the mind of the consumer. We do all of this at Fraser Communications. Help you set your goal, understand what the options are, what the costs are, negotiate the deal, do the creative brief, work on the content, curate it, and, of course, measure the effectiveness of the program. So I hope you've gotten a better understanding of how influencers work in our media marketplace. And as you consider influencers, remember what you've heard here, authentic and very genuinely connected to the brand, but managed in terms of the kind of content that they provide so that it meets your goals and objectives. At Fraser, we're proud to be able to do these influencer campaigns as part of integrated campaigns. You can go to our website, FraserCommunications.com to learn more and you can hear this show and other podcasts. Thank you for listening. This has been the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, with two wonderful guests, Shayle Hornelis and uh, Monique Cisneros. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Renee. It
1: was such a pleasure. Have a great a week
0: ahead, everyone. Thank you for listening.